Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. This is part one in a three-part series we will be doing on the main macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Since protein is too often overemphasized or underemphasized in the fitness industry, we wanted to start there. Rebecca Reefsnyder handles the diet coaching here at Straight Shot and is a certified health coach in addition to holding a degree in nutrition. In this episode, we give you a rundown of exactly what protein is, what it does, where it fits into your diet, why different people need different amounts, and how to figure out how much is right for you. We'll also bust some protein myths along the way, so let's get started. Hey everybody, Rebecca and I are in between clients slash in between snacks and we're going to talk to you today about protein. We're going to go over uh, the structure of protein, how your body digests and absorbs it, uh, what it uses protein for, and then we'll get into how much you need uh, and when are you getting too much protein uh, or when you're getting not enough protein. So Rebecca has a dual degree in exercise science and nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you are also a certified health coach. Yes. Yep. So Rebecca has the credentials to be able to give people, the majority of healthy adults, yes. uh, recommendations on uh, what, how much food they should be eating and making meal plans and things like that. And that's actually something Rebecca is going to start doing for us here at Straight Shot is doing meal plans. Mm-hmm. So. Did you see that? I hijacked your Instagram post last night. I saw that, yes. Yeah, yeah actually, I've already gotten two people now who want two. So one the one I told you about this morning right. and another one oh, now. Oh, wow. So, You're going to yeah. get me busy. Yep. Clear your schedule, Rebecca. <laughs> I know you have a lot of free time right now. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> okay. So let's start out by letting everybody know what, what protein is. Let's talk about the structure of protein. So let's say I, I've never heard the word protein before in my life, Rebecca. What is what? protein? So protein is simply just a string of amino acids attached together. Um, different kinds of amino acids in different numbers, but it's just a string of little amino acids pulled, pulled together. Pulled together. Got it. Okay, so of these amino acids, they're held together by what? Peptide bonds. Peptide bonds. bonds. Okay. So we'll talk a little bit later, and I know people always want to talk about uh, BCAAs and essential amino acids, non-essential amino acids, uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, the main thing uh, that we want to first get into is, is how this is all broken down. So the body has to break down these peptide bonds mm-hmm. before it does the stuff with the protein, right? So right. where does that first start taking place? Um, well, your mouth does the mechanical digestion. So when you eat a piece of meat or whatever it is you're eating, the teeth in your mouth and the saliva help kind of get all that process started. But the main the main process starts in the stomach with the hydrochloric acid of breaking up those peptide bonds and opening up the, the proteins. Okay. Yeah, so this is like in uh, in dogs and in cats where they're supposed to be eating a much higher protein diet than us. This is why they have a much more acidic stomach than us because right. you have to have acid to break these peptides down. Mm-hmm. We have a decently acidic environment, which is yeah. why we're supposed to be eating carbs, fats, and proteins, but it's not quite as much as a pure meat eater, right. which is one of the reasons why humans are supposed to be omnivores. Yes. For as much as we can tell right now, uh, it is because we have this, this pretty acidic stomach that can break these down. So it starts taking place in the mouth, like you said, with mechanical digestion, and then we have the hydrochloric acid in the stomach, and then what happens after that? Then, then it gets into the intestines where you have enzymes that break it down even farther, and then that's where the absorption starts to happen as well. Gotcha. Okay, so then once we are 
absorbing this. So see, it absorbs some in the stomach, the rest of it happens in the intestines. Uh, we'll get to what happens if it's not absorbed, if you're getting too much of it. Uh, but first, what are we doing with that once it becomes absorbed? Well, it's entering into the bloodstream, okay. and then the blood takes the proteins to wherever your body needs it for any of the processes that it's used for. Uh, one of the big ones is, you know, building muscle mass, yeah. so protein's used for that, but then it's also used for a lot of other things in the body. Um, hemoglobin is a protein, so it's involved in oxygen transport. There's a whole bunch of hormones that are made from proteins. You've got enzymes that are made from proteins, so it does a whole lot besides just build muscle. muscle. I think that's important for people to understand because they, they instantly just think, if I'm, I need to eat this, if I'm gaining muscle, I don't need that much protein if I'm not trying to get bulky. Right. Like that's, that's a really common misconception about protein. But yeah, you, you have to have it. And there are mm -hmm. a lot of issues, not so much in America, because we typically get a lot of protein. Yes. Uh, but in countries where, where they don't have access to, to protein and they eat a lot of, of just starch, like a lot of rice or a lot of whatever root vegetable that they're in, um, in, in third world countries where they do have these protein deficiencies and you see issues um, in, in growth and development and mental development, all of that stuff as a result of it. Typically, most of the time we get enough protein right. as, as adults, but, but sometimes we don't. And so people who have different issues outside of just wanting to build muscle, it's important to make sure you get enough protein. Right. And so that's what your body is using it as. What happens, though, if we get too much protein? Um, then your body will get rid of it <laughs> in okay. one way or the in other. one way or the other, yeah. <laughs> yes. so, I, so this is the reason why I wanted to say this first is a, a common misconception that I've heard about protein is that if you get too much protein and you're not going to use too much, that your body can't use it, that it right. stores it as fat. Right, and it does, um, but your body will store anything as fat if you get too much of too it. Too much of it, yeah. yeah. So what I always ask the people is, is, well, if you're eating too much protein and you're not eating enough calories for what your body needs. Mm -hmm. So if you're eating less calories than your body needs, you're going to be losing weight. If I'm trying to lose weight so my calories are down from what I need, and I'm getting more protein than my body is able to actually utilize, mm -hmm. what happens to that protein? Then it'll be used as energy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm asking a lot of rhetorical questions. No. But, <laughs> but, but, but I think that's right. really something that people think is, oh, well, I don't want to ever get too much protein because then it'll always get stored as fat. Or I don't want to eat too much fat because it'll get stored as fat. If I eat too many carbs, it, it'll get stored as fat. It, it, the storage only happens if you are in a hypercaloric right. diet. Exactly. Now, protein as an energy source, we talked about it as in, in terms of utilization for building muscle and, and enzymes and hormones, things like that. Uh, protein can be used as an energy source, but why is it not a great energy source? Well, it's not very efficient. So the body's process of breaking down a protein and then using it for ATP, your body would much rather do carbohydrate, which is much more efficient. Efficient has a lot less byproducts, negative byproducts to it, whereas the the chemical process of breaking down an amino acid, you get a lot of different byproducts that your body then has to flush out of your system. Gotcha. So it's much more efficient to use the carbohydrate or even fat as opposed as to the source. protein. Yes, because yeah, it is the third preferred fuel source. Right. Your body would prefer to use carbohydrates and fat before it uses protein. Yeah. So yeah, think about uh, like green energy. Like there yes. are cleaner forms of energy and there are less clean forms. Protein is not a clean form of energy. No. So, and it's, it's, ex it's actually calorically expensive to break it down. Yes. So the cycle that you have to break these proteins down into useful energy is costing your body more calories than it would to just be eating carbohydrates. Right. Which is why if, if you are an athlete and you're concerned about your performance, fueling your performance, it, proteins should not be part of that equation really. Protein should be part of your recovery and yes. your overall diet. But in terms of fuel, it really should be 
most of the time carbohydrates and, right. and fat. Yeah. Yep. So what if, we talked about the storage. Um, we can quickly mention that, that your body will, will break the protein down first and then store yes. sections of that as body fat. Right. What it can't do is it can't get that back, right? No. <laughs> Thank God, it, Regan. I've got all this stored protein in my midsection. <laughs> no, once once the protein is turned into fat, it is fat, and you can't yeah. turn it back to protein. Yeah. So this is something where people talk about, well, if, if I stop working out, my muscles will turn to fat. <laughs> That's no. not, that's not this, that's actually not a process. No. <laughs> um, your, your, your body does not turn one tissue to another piece of tissue. What we're saying right. is that your dietary protein that you're eating, right. the protein in your bloodstream, it's taking that and yes. breaking it down and storing it. So I wanted to quickly mention that because I know somebody was going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to essential and non-essential amino acids. Yes. So of these... 20 amino acids that all of these these proteins are made up of linked together by these peptide bonds we have a grouping of them that are essential and a grouping of them that are non-essential we also have some that are considered semi-essential but what is the difference between an essential and a non-essential amino acid so an essential amino acid your body cannot create um, it can't take the building blocks of the carbon and nitrogen in order to create that protein. Um, a non-essential amino acid your body can create, so it has the building blocks that it has needs that is necessary in order to build that protein. So you have to get your essential amino acids from food, uh, whereas the non-essential amino acids your body can make themselves. And then the, the semi-essential ones, why are these considered semi-essential? Because your body can make some of them, but probably not enough to meet the requirements of the amino yes, acids yep. that you need. So this is why, when it, and we've talked now twice in my Q&As on the podcast about protein sources. And when we talk about plant-based protein, when I say there are some plant-based proteins that are considered complete proteins, but they might not be high enough in the semi-essential amino acids to be considered actually a usable protein for your body. However, if you're eating a balanced diet of eating lots of fruits and vegetables and, and lean proteins and whole grains, things like that, you will most nine times out of 10 hit these numbers, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So you don't need to supplement with a BCA, right, Rebecca? No. What if I really want to spend $30 on expensive urine. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's actually, have you seen a single study about BCAAs that have, have shown that they're effective? No. Yeah. Everything I've seen either shows either negative results or no results, no at, results all. at all. Now, I had going back to pro protein being utilized as a fuel source, if you're taking BCAAs, and uh, they're already broken down into these, these well, BCAAs is branched chain amino acids, so they don't have these peptide bonds. Yeah. So if you're taking those in, the idea is, well, if they're already broken down, I can use them as a fuel source. My question is, well, well why would you want to use them right. as a fuel source? It's not a good fuel source. And the amount that you're taking in, I mean, most of these would be like, like five grams. Right. The amount of BCAAs that you get in one chicken breast is higher than that. Yeah. So if you were eating an adequate diet, and like a lot of people take protein, your protein has BCAAs already in it. They right. Typically throw it in there just because it looks good on their label. Um, but even just a scoop of whey protein is going to have more BCAAs than a scoop of BCAAs itself. Right. So I, I think that's something that, that people don't need to be spending on money. No, money definitely on. not. Yeah. yeah. So when we're talking about amino acids, you get all of these. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where we always talk about moderation mm -hmm. and, and a wide variety of foods. I think that's the best way to make sure that people get a good amino acid profile. Yeah. Just understand that if you are a vegetarian, you're going to be automatically getting 
right. some of these in less quantities. Yes. So you really want to vary your diet when you're doing that. Right. Yeah. Do you have anything to add about uh, amino acids? No, I think that covers okay. all the main points. And they, well, and the the other thing about them is they they all have a different role. Right. So some of some of them, I mean, a lot of them are involved in building muscle. Other ones are involved in uh, hormone production and, and the endocrine system, things like that. Um, they're a little bit different, but yeah, all of them do have a, a function in the body. All right, so let's get on to uh, requirements for protein. So factors affecting your requirement of protein. We'll start out with uh, let's start with dieting. Uh-huh. If I'm trying to lose body fat, do I want to be eating more or less protein? More protein. Can you explain why? <laughs> Not to me. So when you're dieting, like you said, with the caloric intake, your body is in a negative caloric intake, so you're burning more than you are taking in. Um, you want to try to maintain your muscle mass, and because you're running out of carbohydrates and you're running out of fat, your body is then going to transfer over and burn, use protein as, as, a, fuel an, as a fuel source. Okay. So in order to keep your muscle mass up as well as keep losing weight, the pro- higher percentage of protein per calorie yeah. um, will help you with that as yeah. well. Yeah. So, so kind of what you're, what you're saying is, is I could have my protein at, let's just use 150 grams, it's just a, an arbitrary factor, and I'm eating 3,000 calories. Right. But I could still keep eating 150 grams of protein when I'm eating 2,500 calories when I start to diet. Right. So you're not saying your protein goes through the roof, it's just no. the percentage of your protein is higher in a diet when you right. are, are hypocaloric or trying to lose weight. Right. Um, so that's that's something, it's, it's, it's one of those things that people know, a lot of people do know they need to eat more protein when they're dieting. Um, I know sometimes people would want to cut down on everything, yeah. but the people who think I need to eat more protein when I'm dieting sometimes go overboard oh, and yeah. think they need way too much no. and they're not counting their total calories so they end up still being over on their calories. Right. Because they're eating way more protein and way less carbs, so yes. you still need to monitor those total calories. But a larger percentage of that percentage of that will be coming from protein when you're dieting. Right. Let's go the opposite way though. So you're trying to bulk up, trying to gain muscle. I just got a pound of protein, right? <laughs> no. I need to eat chicken breast in between my sets on bench. <laughs> no, no. Um, Can you feed me while I'm lifting? <laughs> so when I think about protein, I always like to think about. Um, grams per pound or grams per kilogram as opposed to percentage of calories. Yes. Just because when you are bulking up, your calories are going up. Yeah. So you're in an excess. Um, and if you take up your protein percentage wise, you're just, your body can't utilize that much protein in order to build muscle. So you're just going to be either storing it as fat or getting rid of it in other ways. Um, so you keep the protein high enough per gram uh, or per pound of body weight or per kilogram of body weight that you can build the muscle that you need, but you don't need to take it up in proportion with the other other macronutrients. I I think too, because when you are trying to gain weight, you don't ever want your body to run out of fuel. Right. Fuel, we said before, is carbohydrates and fat. So that's why carbs and fat are so important to take up when you're bulking because Obviously, you you need to lift weights, right? And we should have said that before back in the dieting thing. Oh yes, yeah, you do need to keep lifting, lifting weights, weights when you're dieting because you need to maintain your muscle. Right. When it comes to building muscle, you have to lift weights. You have to put them under mechanical load. You have to have enough time under tension. You have to have enough volume. There's all these things that have to go into hypertrophy, and you have to have your total calories up. But you need enough carbohydrates to even get through those intense workouts. Right. 
then also fat plays such an important role. And we'll get into fat and carbs in the episodes coming up about those, but fat's super important when it comes to the production of growth hormones. Yes. And protein plays a role in, in that some, but a lot of it is it has to go back to fat. And fat is great for recovery because mm -hmm. typically you're using carbohydrates as a fuel source when you're exercising, but you and I are mainly burning body, not body fat, nice if we did, <laughs> we're burning the fat that we've eaten yeah. uh, right now when we're sitting here because right. when your bodies are functioning at a lower lower gear, they run better off of fat. So you don't want to run out of you don't want to run out of fat as a fuel source whenever you're chilling out and you don't want to run out of carbs whenever you're lifting because then your body will start using the protein where we want that protein all being used to build muscle. Right. But like you said, if you just took it up with protein in proportion to everything else, I think a protein, I heard this once uh, from an exercise physiologist, he described protein intake as uh, bricks. And how you can keep sending bricks to the mason, but he can only build a wall so fast. Right. Otherwise, he's going to have to do something with these bricks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it, when it comes to gaining muscle, it's, what do you think, two, two pounds a month of pure muscle for guys? That, yeah. Well, yeah. That's the high end. That's the high end. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> You're telling me the four I gained this weekend at Golden Corral is not muscle? <laughs> No. It was all it was all gone by yesterday. All Holy gone. Cow, going. I was so excited when I came back after the weekend. I was up at one seventy eight. I'm down to one seventy six today. So I'm only down two though. Uh, there you yes. go. Two of the four. So two of them were <laughs> I didn't muscle. Gain, I'm getting gain four. I wish I gained four. No, for and for women though, what do you think? A, a pound a month of pure muscle? Yeah, I think. Depending okay. on the woman's unique hormone balance and yeah, things yeah, like that. Yeah. But overall, yeah, probably a pound a month. Yeah, which I think is, is tough for people because it just shows you how much patience you have to have when it right. comes to gaining weight. So yeah, throwing more protein at the situation and thinking it's gonna help you gain weight faster is, is yeah. not gonna happen. You can only build, think about what it actually has to happen to build muscle tissue. I think we, like we're going over this so fast, but it's actually incredible. Like we're taking in these, these little links of protein, we're breaking them down, we're absorbing them, and then we're expecting our body to take these things that used to be tissue from another animal or from a piece of a plant and manufacture human tissue out of it like this. Right. <laughs> so we're really asking a lot of ourselves right now. <laughs> yeah, so, so when it comes to your, uh, your requirements, when you're, when you're building muscle, it actually needs to be by percentage slightly less, right. slightly more by percentage whenever you're trying to lose weight. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about what that actually looks like in grams because a lot of people are confused about how many grams of protein they're supposed to be taking in or how much of a percentage of my diet should come from protein. And those numbers get confusing. People don't know if they're supposed to eat a percentage from protein or grams or they want to know how many chicken breasts is that a day. As <laughs> yes. we said before, protein's in a lot of stuff. You need to count all of it. So right. let's talk about recommendations for protein. So what is the, the kind of standard recommendation that, that we have from uh, the, the higher ups, the American <laughs> Dietetics Association. What, so, so what is their recommendation for So protein? they have two different ones, one that's based on grams per kilogram, and then one that's based on just a percentage of your calories. So the RDA, or Recommended Dietary Allowance, is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. Okay. Um, then if you're looking at the percentages, you have the AMDR, which is the Acceptable Macronutrient Distribution Range, and that is 10 to 35% of your calories from protein. So they... Gotcha. Okay, you, so pulling up my, my calculator here, so if, so my, well, to figure out your body weight, you divide your weight by 2.2, and that gives you your kilos. So if I'm supposed to be eating, because I weigh 81 kilos, 
So if I'm supposed to be eating 0.8 grams per kilo, that's only going to give me 65 grams of protein a day. Right. Now, if we compare that, my calories are at 3,300 right now, which is probably on the higher end for what, the, what people should be taking in. Yeah. So if my calories are 3,300 and I look at, we say 10 to 35% of that, right. 10% of that is going to be 82 calories or 82 grams of protein. Right. And that's at the low end. So yeah. that's an instance was confusing because my uh, recommended daily allowance is supposed to be 65, but based off of the... Uh, the percentages allowance. Right. The low end is 83. The high end, I won't do the math, but the high end, 35% of my calories come from protein, would end up being around uh, high 200s, yeah. which is pretty high protein wise. Right. So, where are people supposed to, to draw the line here, Becca? How are we supposed to know how much protein we're supposed to be taking in? Um, so, a lot of it goes back to just testing out what. But works well for your body. Um, I know I tend to go do well on a little bit higher scale protein diet as a par- compared to a higher carb diet. Um, so being ha- being willing to calculate how much you are eating yeah. and then map that and with the changes that you're looking for in your body and testing things out for yourself is yeah. one of the best ways to do it. Um, but I tend to go more closer to one gram per pound of body weight when it comes yeah, so to... Yeah, so that would be double right. the the RDA, but yeah. you're still in that 10 to 35 range. Right. So it's still a healthy range. Uh, yeah, so one pound per one gram of protein per pound of body weight is kind of this blanket prescription that came out, uh, mainly out of like the bodybuilding culture. But it's one of these things where we look at, well, what is adequate protein? What do you need to survive in order right. to maintain your muscle mass, in order to make sure your body's not breaking down your tissue and what is optimal protein so if you're a strength athlete or even an endurance athlete where you're burning a ton of calories and you don't want to run out of, of the building blocks of muscle since you're gonna be using carbs and fat as fuel you need to make sure you have enough protein even as an endurance athlete this right. isn't just for bodybuilders or strength right. athletes and just everyday people if you're trying to maintain muscle mass or build muscle mass or if you're trying to um, I don't know maybe you have a, a a strength goal or something like that. Protein does play a role in all of these. So it's an issue of adequate protein versus optimal protein. So optimal protein, I think, is closer to 0.8 grams per pound, not per kilo, on the lower end. So I tell people somewhere between like 0.8 grams per pound of body weight up to like 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. Typically, that will still have you in that 10 to 35% range. And it's not going to be super high because there are some issues with taking in too much protein. We'll talk about that in a second. And it's definitely not going to be too low. But if people have that much, if t- people have that much trouble getting that much protein in, then I just have them go down a little bit. But right. I think starting at 0.8 per kilo is way too low. <laughs> yes, I definitely agree. <laughs> because then, if if so, if that if you're eating a diet of 2,000 calories and you're only getting 60 grams of protein, all of those other calories have to come from somewhere else. Right. So if you're looking at the the recommended allowance for fat and for carbs, you're going to be exceeding those probably those right. numbers because your percentages are going to be so high on those. Yes. So it's it's confusing. It is confusing. <laughs> it's confusing for us as trainers to try to, to demystify this stuff. But I can only imagine how, cons- how confusing it is for people listening to this as we throw these numbers around. So right. I think yeah, what you said about experimenting with things, mm-hmm. um, the main thing you need to come back to is look at your total calories first. Right. Once you have those total calories, it has to be broken up into carbs, fats, and proteins. I would get your protein first. Mm-hmm. That's typically how we do it with, yeah. with straight shots. We get everybody's protein first, 
and then we solve their fat, uh, typically with fat. We'll get this into this in the fat episode about grams. Uh, once we solve for fat, those leftover calories from our calorie, uh, or goal calories, will be how much you get from carbohydrates. Right. It's because you need a certain amount of protein for your body, you need a certain amount of fat for your body, and the level of carbs is pretty much based around your activity level. You mm -hmm. say that's kind of how you figure things yep, out? Yeah, that's exactly okay. how I do it. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of like that when we figure things out, but we have to experiment around because mm -hmm. you, you, no one's the same, no. and we're not in a laboratory, and we can't just use these numbers, but it's confusing because if you look at a box of, of cereal or I'm seeing if anything comes in a can or anything you get in a store that has a nutrition label, it has percentages for things, right. but those percentages are based off a 2,000 calorie diet that has how many people have you actually put on a 2,000 calorie diet? Very few. Yeah, because I mean we have people higher and lower. lower so with, right. the, with, yeah, with the protein stuff, when it comes to recommendations, it's hard for us to say exactly what you should be taking in because right. you need to experiment. We don't know what your lifestyle is and things like that. So it is helpful yep. if somebody worked with someone like you, wink, wink, <laughs> if Rebecca has any free time for you, um, to work with somebody who can help you find those. Uh, and that's something that we do do with Straight Shot that you're doing for us now so that we can help people find these numbers because it is really confusing at mm -hmm. first when we get into it. Uh, and again, when we're talking about your protein, uh, some people will, will just take percentages like, well, 30% of my diet needs to come from protein. Right. Other people do it through grams. It's way better to do it through grams, right? Yes, okay. definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then the different factors that change this, we kind of threw a, a few of them out there, but it's going to depend on your personal biology, your lifestyle, your diet. Mm -hmm. Uh, your size, what your right. goals are, all of that stuff is going to be different. So we can't just say that one gram of protein per pound of body weight is going to work for everybody, no. but it's you know somewhere in that range to <laughs> right. be able to find something for somebody. Yes. What about protein timing? This, this is a question thrown kind of just through the through the door here by Steve <laughs> not too long ago. Yeah, it's not nearly as important as we originally thought it was. At least yeah. that's what the research is saying now. Who knows? They could change that in another I, 10 I would just years, say, as far as I know, <laughs> as right far now. as I know right now, because <laughs> um, it takes so long for your body to go through that the digestion process anyway. As long as over the course of the day you're meeting your requirements. Um, it's not like you have to get so much protein after your workout in order to receive the best results or anything like that. Yeah. Well, so I mean, we, we talked before about the process that takes place in this in the mouth and the stomach and then your small intestine. This is a couple hours. Right. So if you are eating, so we just ate lunch and then we will be training in an hour or so. Uh, so it gives us like an hour and a half, two hours since lunch that mm -hmm. by the time we end our workout. Right. I mean, half the time I'm still burping my lunch while we're training. <laughs> but if you finish your workout and you ate lunch you know, two hours ago, you still have that protein in your system. Right. It's still being synthesized. It's, it's being absorbed and it's, it's being utilized by your body. You don't need to try to be drinking a protein shake on your way down to the locker room to get changed. It's, right. it's not necessary to get it in that fast. Now, if you didn't eat before your workout, you might need to immediately after. Right. Uh, but if you, if you did eat before your workout, you're going to be fine. And if you plan on eating a meal sometime in the next you know, hour, two hours or so after your workout, you're fine there too. So yeah. um, protein shakes are, are helpful for people for convenience, but they're not necessary for building muscle. Exactly. Yeah. Do, do you, you still take them though. Yeah, but that's, I still that's, take it. That's more of a, a getting your protein numbers in because you're not eating a meal until a good bit after. Right. Class, yeah, right? I don't have a – I train and then I go right into clients, so I usually don't have time to eat a anything in particular so I, I can take my shake and I can be training clients while I'm drinking that yes. and that's how I get yep. it in. Yeah, I did that for a long time until I realized that my protein needs were already being met 
once I cut it out, I haven't lost. I mean, I've steadily been gaining yes. muscle in the program we're doing right now. But I um, mean, yeah, I haven't lost any weight after I took out my protein yeah. shake because it was I had an adequate protein. I actually took up my carbs higher, okay. and it was just my total calories were where they needed to be. Right. So it's so like we said before, I was taking in protein that my body wasn't doing anything with. It wasn't storing it because uh, if my calories weren't high enough, it was right. just it was using it probably for energy. Yeah. And then once I took my calories up by bringing my carbs up. You know, my weight went up, but it was muscle weight was going up. I didn't need extra protein right. to gain muscle. So, yeah, timing isn't isn't as important as uh, as everybody once thought it was. Yes. Uh, and then the last thing here, talking about high protein diets. So we talked about you know that ten to thirty five percent. What happens if somebody has more than thirty five percent of their calories coming from protein? Well, like we talked about, your body's going. If your calories are too high, because your protein is too high, then your body's going to store it as fat. Yep. If your calories are too are lower, so your body's burning things, then your body's going to have to use protein for fuel because you're taking up the space of the fats and the carbs with that extra protein. So then you're going to have that less efficient way of creating energy, energy. Okay. by using. Is but are there any inherent health risks with taking in too much protein? In the long run, in exce- very excessive amounts, yes. yes. Um, if you're taking in 45% of your calories from protein, yeah. you're not going to keel over and die. But um, yeah. your body is having to make energy in a non-efficient way. So there are byproducts that it has to get. Your kidneys have to flush out the urea and the ketones, and your liver has to – Is that's where the um, – transfer happens with the proteins in order to make them usable as energy, energy sources so your liver has to work harder yeah which isn't going to kill you but there have been some studies that shown some kidney damage in the long run with yeah. a very very high protein yeah, diet yeah it, it, i the one study I referenced is where they had people taking in up to five grams per pound of body weight. <laughs> you imagine, I mean, you'd be doing a lot of protein shakes, but they right. found that there, there was minimal, there was some you know, bad side effects, right. but it was not nearly as bad as they thought it was going to be. They were right. trying to say, you know, here's here's how bad it can get, and right. it really wasn't as bad. Now, my big thing with when people are taking in way too much protein is it's at the expense of getting in healthy fats right. and getting in enough fiber and getting in enough fruits and vegetables. Because regardless of whether you're your vegan or paleo or Mediterranean diet or whatever, fruits and vegetables are good to eat in large quantities. Yes. (laughs) And so when you're eating too much protein, you're probably not eating enough fruits and vegetables. And that's what a lot of these studies found is that people who are on high protein diets eat the the fewest amount of produce. Right. Not eating enough produce, then we can start talking about, well, you're not getting enough vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, uh, you don't have enough antioxidants to be cancer fighting Mm -hmm. properties, you end up having a lot more health risks as a result of that. So I would say um, if you're going any higher than like two grams per pound of body weight, right. I mean, that's super high still, yeah. that I would say hey, you probably need to start backing that off because you need to be getting in more. Carbs aren't bad. That's not bad. We'll talk right. about those in the episodes coming up. But yeah, I think people, don't, they need to not overemphasize protein in their diets, but they definitely need to understand the value of it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. All right, so you got to get your client. I'll wrap yes. everybody up and you can right. head out. <laughs> So just to wrap things up here, first of all, I forgot to say thank you to Rebecca. She's off teaching her uh, homeschool PE class right now. So thank you to Rebecca for joining us today. Uh, I want to mention to you all that of all the things that we say, we're giving you recommendations, but ultimately it really comes down to you experimenting and trying things for yourself. But you have to track your numbers in order to know what's good for you uh, and what's not good for you uh, personally. 
And if you're not writing these things down, you're kind of going off of, well, I ate about this much, and I think I was eating this much protein per day, and I felt like this. Write stuff down. Same way you need to write down your numbers on your lifts, your protein grams, fat grams, carbs, and your calories, fiber, how much water. That's the kind of stuff you really need to be writing down. So I would highly encourage you to start doing that. Start even just with protein. Add up your grams per day of protein. We're going to do an episode on fat, and we're going to do an episode on carbs as well, and we're going to be talking about calories throughout all of this. But as you're doing this, make sure that you all are writing these things down so that you know you have a reference point of where you're starting at here. And if you need some help, talk to a trainer, talk to your doctor, talk to a registered dietitian, and it can help you figure out exactly what's going to work the best for you. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you have a second, you could leave us a rating on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. That would be awesome. Now, we have something new here in the works at Straight Shot that I wanted to tell you all about as we get ready to officially launch it. But Rebecca will now be doing custom meal plans for us. So she'll review your current diet, establish your calories and your macronutrients based off of your goals, and then design a meal plan just for you with substitutions and exchanges that you can use within that template. Now, if you have a body weight goal of any kind, diet is at least 80% of reaching that goal, so a meal plan could be extremely helpful for you. Again, we'll have all of the details up on our website soon, but if you would like to get in on it early, find us on social media using the handle at straightshottraining and shoot us a message. And a good diet needs a solid training program to go with it, so head over to straightshottraining.com for details on our functional fitness training program. Thanks again, and have a great week, everybody. 